Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right, welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. Listen, I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and to share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, and just all whom you meet along life's journey. So often when we think of the book of Revelation, we typically think that this book of the Bible is a revelation of, of beasts, of wars, of plagues, of famine and dragons, we often think primarily of the end of the world, the Antichrist or the Battle of Armageddon. However, ultimately, of course, the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ himself, as it says there in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Yet, having studied, I personally studied the book of Revelation for many years, and I'm also convinced that the book also chronicles the, in, in symbolic language, of course, the story of the people of God. In other words, the, the book chronicles the story of Christians throughout uh, human history. And so, if you are a believer in Jesus, the book of Revelation chronicles your story. It chronicles my story as we journey together to the city of God to ever be with Jesus. The book of Revelation talks about the struggles that people of God throughout the centuries uh, have to go through. It talks about how they were ridiculed, persecuted, tortured, ostracized, and even killed or martyred for their faith in Jesus. You know, there are some Christians today uh, who don't like to talk about going through a time of trouble in your lives or a time of trouble in the world or even about a time of persecution that they may face. Uh, there are some Christians who don't believe that persecution will ever come in our time or even that they could ever be killed for their faith in Jesus. Of course, there are other Christians who believe that we will be raptured or taken out of this world before a time of trouble or tribulation ever comes. Yet the book of Revelation and its general unfolding story about Christians in, in, in history does not actually teach that, friends. The book teaches that God's people go through many tribulations, but that God stands with us as, as, as we go through these very trying times. In fact, we read there in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, we read that we must, talking about believers, we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And so here's the reality, friends. In addition to being a book of prophecy, the book of Revelation chronicles the story of God's faithful people who face persecution and martyrdom. It is the story of those who uh, lived for Jesus and also died for their faith in him. In the book of Revelation, these faithful persecuted believers are often described as those who keep the word of God and have the testimony of, of, of their faith in Jesus. And you find references to that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, and also Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. John, the author of the book of Revelation, also identifies with the persecuted believers because he himself had been, remember, he was exiled uh, to the island of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And you, you can refer to that again in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. And so, as Jesus opens the fifth seal of Revelation chapter 6, John sees the souls of those who had been slaughtered for the word of God and for the testimony which they held, crying out to God on an on, on altar for justice. We find John's description of the opening of the fifth seal there in Revelation chapter 6, verse 
verse 9. And there in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, we read it. It says, And when he, Jesus, opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a, a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. Again, that is Revelation chapter 9, verse 9 to 11. And so with, with the first four seals of Revelation chapter 6, which of course we covered in previous episodes, namely the, the first, the second, third, and fourth horsemen of the apocalypse, the fifth seal also uses symbolic language. Listen, John is not telling us here that dead saints or, or dead souls have somehow become undead and that they are literally crying out to God. The, the language here clearly, obviously, it is allegorical, it is figurative, right? Uh, the, the fifth seal of Revelation chapter 6 likely friends, it likely symbolizes an acknowledgement by heaven of the terrible atrocities committed against God's people. The fifth seal is intended to communicate God's promise that he will bring judgment and justice to his enemies and to those who have persecuted his people. Uh, and so the fifth seal is opened after the fourth seal or, or, or during the ride of the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. In, we find again we find in Revelation chapter 6 in which Christians went to war against other Christians imagine that and overcame them committing horrendous monstrosities against those who believe in Jesus you will recall that in our last episode which was called the, the fourth horseman of the apocalypse we mentioned that, that that things got from bad to worse in the Christian world right in the Christian church to such an extent that Christians began to persecute and kill other Christians right and so with the, the, in the, the church of Rome you know they created this institution called the Inquisition you may have heard of both the Inquisition Inquisition that is right uh, a church court created to prosecute heretics or believers who do not want to fall in line with the church's false teachings uh, many Bible believing Christians were friends were imprisoned were, were tortured were butchered or are burned at the stake Listen, a conservative estimate puts the number of Christians who were systematically killed during this period called the Dark Ages at about 50 million people. Now, the, the historian W.E. Lecky, he writes that the Church of Rome has shed more, more innocent blood than any other institution that has ever existed among mankind. Uh, and he says that this will be questioned by no Protestant who has a competent knowledge of history. He, he writes that the memorials in need of many of her persecutions, talking about the Church of Rome, are now so scanty. We can't find many records in history, say, right? Um, that is, it, it, it is impossible to form a complete conception of the multitude of her victims. And it is quite certain that no power of imagination can adequately realize their sufferings. And so, friends, in the fifth seal of Revelation 6, God is acknowledging to the universe and to us that he knows what his enemies have done to his people. There is a cry of how long? How long would it be before God sits in judgment against those who have persecuted his people? How long would it be before he avenges their, their death, right? Friends, this cry of how long, this cry for justice for all Christians uh, who have been murdered, not only during the Dark Ages, but throughout all history, is not an ordinary cry. In fact, the Greek word there used for cry there in Revelation chapter 6 is, is the word krazo, which literally means to scream. 
and 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 this this cry for justice for the saints is a is a piercing cry. It is literally a scream for justice, friends. It is it is a cry that has not stopped throughout the ages. It is a piercing cry to God amongst the most intense prayers, amongst the most intense petitions to God for the vindication of those who have, were murdered for their faith in Jesus. It is a fervent cry that fearless demands that the just punishment of the enemies of the gospel and of God's people. You know, uh, the prophet Habakkuk writes there in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. He says, How long, O Lord, must I cry for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Whenever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight, he writes. The law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. You know, friends? In our fallen and broken world, there, there have been many atrocities. There have been so many injustices that just seem to have gone unpunished, right? We think of the Holocaust during World War II, uh, which was the systematic genocide of six million Jews by Nazi Germany, which some, you know, where some people still believe and some people still argue that some individuals involved were not held accountable for this crime. And of course, there was apartheid uh, there in South Africa, the systematic racial segregation and discrimination of Africans. And many still believe that certain individuals responsible for human rights, rights abuses were not adequately punished. Then, of course, there was the American chattel slavery, a system uh, which involved the ownership of individuals of as as property, primarily African Americans, and of course, also this 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 happened in the West Indies, who were forcibly forcibly brought right to the Americas and treated as commodities, right? A, a system that continued for almost, I mean, for four hundred years, right? Not to mention the violence committed against African Americans during the the Jim Crow era, a period of racial segregation in the 20th century. Friends, millions have gone to their graves and justice seems to, to have never been served during, you know, for these, these, these tremendous crimes against humanities, right? These major crimes in history demand a hearing before a bar of justice. Friends, I have good news, right? I have good news because the Bible assures us that as part of his plan to cleanse the universe of sin, the creator God has appointed a day in history in which he will carefully examine the choices that we have all made, whether, whether for good or evil, and he will reward us uh, based on our actions. The good news here, friends, is that God's justice is fair, it is impartial, it is righteous, uh, friends, listen, justice delayed does not mean that justice has been denied. The statutes of limitations never apply to God's justice. In the fifth seal, because they have accepted the salvation God offers them, right? God declares that these faithful martyrs are worthy of eternal life, and he gives all of them white robes of righteousness. And that is Revelation chapter 6, verse 11. The martyrs under the fifth seal are told to rest a little while longer until all Christians who would be killed, are killed, right? You see that in Revelation chapter 6, verse 11. So, uh, unfortunately, this implies that God's enemies will continue to persecute his faithful people until Jesus uh, returns the second time. And so, how long, 
not long. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a popular speech. You guys may have heard about it before. Uh, this was made by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King on the steps of uh, the state capitol there in Montgomery, Alabama. This was in uh, March, on March 25th, uh, 1965. And in his speech, Dr. King said, listen, I know you're asking today, how long would it take? Somebody's asking, how long will prejudice blind the visions of men, darken your understanding, drive bright-eyed wisdom from her sacred throne? Somebody's asking, when will wounded justice lying prostrate on the streets be lifted from this dust of shame to reign supreme among the children of men? Somebody's asking, when will the radiant star of hope be plunged against the nocturnal bosom of this lonely night, plucked from weary souls with chained uh, of fear on the manacles of death. How long will justice be crucified and truth buried? And he says, I come to say to you today, however difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, friends, it is. it will not be long, he says, because the truth crush to earth will rise again. How long? Not long, because light can never live forever. How long, he asks? Not long, because you shall reap what you sow. How long? Not long. Truth forever on the scaffold, however wrong on the throne, yet that scaffold always sways the future. And behind the dim unknown, God stands within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. And he asked, how long? Not long, because the arc of the moral universe is long, and it bends towards justice. How long? Not long. Mine eyes, he says, have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the vintage where the, the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. He, he has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He's sifting up the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant at my feet. And he says, our God is marching on. Friends, today many Christians will find that in our present world, it is not always a, a pleasant place for us. Many times this world is a hostile place for us as Christians. There are many who are opposed to the gospel and are, are opposed to God's people. In our fallen and broken world, our human justice systems are often rooted in, 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 in selfishness, uh, uh, bias, corruption, unfairness, and, and, and perhaps you yourself, you know, you have experienced many injustices in your life. You know, the, there's, a, there's a text here in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 14 to 16, that is so aptly, so aptly describes our time and our experience. Isaiah writes there in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 14 to 16, he says, our courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone and anyone will renounce evil well, he says, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and is displeased to find that there is no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. And I like this part that Isaiah says here. He says, so himself, talking about God, stepped in to save them with his strong arm. I say, praise be to God. And he says, his justice sustain him and i just want to say amen and praise god amen to god my friends the good news here for us is that that jesus has appointed a day in history in which he will carefully examine the choices that we have all made whether for good or, or for evil and he will reward all 
based on our actions. This is good news, right? The day of judgment is, is good news for all who believe in the gospel and for all who believe in Jesus Christ because Jesus will stand as our advocate. He will stand as our, our, as our judge and he will also be our defender in the judgment. So we have nothing to fear, my friends, of the judgment. Listen, this same Jesus, who is the judge of all, also tells us there that he has plans for us. He tells us there in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, and he says, listen, I know what I've planned for you. I have plans to prosper you. I have plan uh, not to harm you, he says. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. He says, when you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. If you seek me with all over your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. My friends, the Lord Jesus has planned an amazing future for us. We can trust him, right? Our God is going to bring justice on our behalf. My hope is that you will come to trust him and that you will come to live by his way, by his word, and not by your own way. I promise you, if you do, your life will never be the same. Listen, I, I, as we part, I just want to always encourage you to like, to subscribe, and to share this podcast wherever you listen. Just share it with each and every one, because as you do so, you will be helping to share the gospel in all the world as Jesus has commanded us to do as believers. Listen, you can also email me. My email address is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. It is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. If you email, listen, you can reach out to me if you have additional questions, um, if you have prayer requests, right? Listen, and when you email me, I'll send you a free copy of the book that actually inspired this podcast. It's called Knowing Tomorrow Today, Glimpses of the Future That Will Change Your Life. Listen, May God continue to bless you. Uh, I'm Eric Brown. Until next time, stay blessed and stay well. Stay the same. It's gonna get better. Never stay the same. It's gonna get better.